0: Learn more at marines.com. Now he's making room. He gets to the 50. He gets to midfield. He gets to the 40. What an athletic display by Trey Ford. He's magic. He is the magic man of the Canadian Football League right now. He's got a line to the net. He'll come in. The shot gone. home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elves. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law.
1: Early in the third period, Penguins and Canadians tied at three. In the second period, Boston has a one nothing lead on the Devils. Ducks and Islanders in a 2-2 tie. Coming up later tonight, Buffalo at Colorado. And the Jets will play the Kings. The Jets putting Kyle Connor on injured reserve. Big blow for them. Already has 17 goals on the season. And the Kings having an exceptional start to the season. They are 16-5-4 in the National Basketball Association. Raptors lead Atlanta 86-81. That's halfway through the third quarter. The Edmonton Oilers have won eight straight. They'll try to make it nine tomorrow, which would uh, tie a club record. They've got to nine in a row twice before, including at the end of last season. Tampa Bay Lightning coming to Rogers' place 5.30 for the face-off show, and the puck will drop at seven. Bob will have uh, Oilers now starting at four o'clock tomorrow. Pretty good times here in Oil Country, and uh, a lot of players on the team playing very well, including, lately, that fourth line. Uh, Goals in a couple games in a row you got Derek Ryan you got Sam Gagne and you got the Edmonton kid James Hamblin who had this to say about the fourth line success uh, I think for one we, we've been able to build uh, some chemistry over the last few games and uh, I think we've been building for a while now uh, we've, we've been getting the results a little bit lately but we've been building for a while and I think that's just results of like I said chemistry and, and really just keeping it simple well, Hamblin, uh, a great story. I know he hasn't factored it on the score sheet and the goals that have been scored by that line the last couple of games was still on the ice for them and uh, consistently working hard, I think. And uh, a special honor for Hamblin to play on the same line as one of his childhood heroes, Sam Gagné. It's been unbelievable to, to just learn from him. I still remember I was at the game when he got eight points. He was definitely uh, one of my favorites. I love the backhand toe drag. So it's, uh, it's really cool. That's, that's great. But like I said, he's just been uh, really great to play with and, and learn from. Yeah, How about that? Hamblin at Gagne's eight-point game as a kid in the stands. And now he's on the same line as Gagne, who head coach Chris Knobloch acknowledges that uh, Gagne is a pretty good mentor.
0: I think he's very good for our team. Um, You know, I think we've got some very quality leaders on our team. Um, He's one of them. Uh, Maybe his role is not as significant as some of the other guys, but um, you know, his play this year has been pretty significant. He's chipped in offensively, but I think he's also helped those young guys a lot on you know how to conduct themselves, uh, what they need to do extra, and also so much those young guys need to. just an ear somebody to listen to and give them some advice and um, often those young guys feel a lot of pressure uh, the anxiety of just the day-to-day stress Um, but um, I think Sam helps that out with um, those young guys getting them uh, familiar and comfortable with the um, with their surroundings
1: well a lot of love for Sam Gagne or Papa Euler as a lot of you have been calling him as he's enjoying his third stint with the team and uh, definitely one of those experienced veterans who I think uh, has a lot of positive impacts here in the dressing room and helping the others on the ice as well. Eight consecutive victories. Quite a turnaround. They're now 13-12-1. For more discussion on Gagne and who knows what else, he joins us every week here on Inside Sports, former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers. He's presented by Sentinel Storage, Shop Canadian, Store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Reading yourself? I am doing very well. Great to catch up with you. Oil country feeling much better lately, uh, with uh, yeah. with eight consecutive wins, and, and I thought uh, after a bit of a rocky first period, a very controlled and mature performance against the Blackhawks last night.
0: Yeah, pretty much what I thought too. Um, but give Chicago a lot of credit. They, you know, they're they're not sneaky good. I don't want to be uh, you know going down that road, but they're they are competitive, and uh, you can definitely see, of course, with Bedard, but. Uh, they have the makings of being not a bad team down the road. That's for sure. And uh, I'm a big fan of their coach. I think most Edmonton fans are as well, uh, knowing Luke uh, played for so many years for the Oilers. And uh, they kind of remind me in the early stages of what Arizona's uh, up to right now. You know, uh, Arizona, I think, is exceeding expectations. But if you watch them uh, in the last year or so, you knew that there's a lot of really good young talent and, so they're they're much improved. That's where Chicago is going to be in a year or two. What do you think of a shot? That was phenomenal, um, and I just love how Luke Gazdek uh, last night broke it down in the intermission. I guess you probably uh, were working, so you didn't see it, but uh, he he really walked it through really nicely and talked about uh, you know his release getting in the through the triangle and that's a pretty good defenseman in Eckholm, right? So when you're doing that and you're schooling him and uh, beating the goaltender cleanly, you know, that you're, you're something special.
1: Yeah, that was a, a stunning shot for sure. Kind of worked out well for Oilers fans, I think, because you got to see the kids score a goal and then your right. team got the next four. So it turned out yes. to be an entertaining game. Um, Sam Gagne got a goal from Derek Ryan, the previous game Gagne set up Ryan you know, the fans love Gagne. Uh, he's being called Papa Euler. Sure. And uh, I think he's pretty well respected <laughs> in that dressing room. I, I, I'm just curious, you know, that, um, this is going to make maybe Sam sound older than he is, but sure. the value of that elder Statesman in the dressing room and maybe someone, uh, that you played with that, that kind of had that role.
0: Well, I have four guys that come to mind. um, and uh, I'm gonna go back to my early days with the Islanders. So uh, my say, let's just say my first four four years or so, I was in awe of everybody that was older than I was and that had uh, played in the National Hockey League. So that sort of changes everything because you have to you have to get a little bit more experience yourself to then have another guy come in that's a little bit older but has uh, a really great resume. Uh, and then just to see how he carries himself in the room. So that being said, I'm going to throw out a name that I think you'll remember Reed. His name also was Reed. It was spelled differently, but his name was Reed Larson. And, yeah, I, uh, yeah Reed, for sure. Yeah. Yes. A right-handed shooting defenseman. he had one of the best shots in the national hockey league uh, as a defenseman. I want to say, and I could be wrong. I'm just going off the top of my head, but I think, uh when he was in detroit he would have had maybe five years where he scored 20 plus goals for a defenseman so that was uh incredible it happened to be my first year also with the islanders that we were playing against detroit and one of my rare starts and i remember i stopped a, a blistering slap shot from him uh at some point in the third period i believe and we I think we hung on four to two, something like that. But so I was a real memorable guy for me because he was uh, well-respected. He had been an NHL all-star a number of times and uh, we were a bit of a team in transition. Denny Potman had retired. Mike Bossy was gone. Uh, some of our great leaders, John Tinelli was gone. And so they brought in uh, Reed Larson for that role and uh, he fit in perfectly. And then when I moved to Los Angeles, uh, I'm thinking two guys from the same year that really had a big impact. One was Barry Beck. Uh, you'll remember yeah. Barry. He was big personality, big man, but a big personality, and perhaps the funniest guy that I ever played with, and he sat right beside me in the dressing room, but his personality was just something that you couldn't deny. He was uh, pulling pranks. Like I said, he was funny, great sense of humor, Uh, unfortunately for him he didn't last the entire year and none of us ever really figured out kind of why it went south like Tom Webster was our coach at the time and I want to say it was in around February or March and we were just told that Barry no longer is going to be with the team and that was it and it was kind of like we're not allowed to ask questions and that's the end of that story and then Another guy that we all respected and had a a ton of success was Larry Robinson when he came, uh, when he left Montreal and came to play with us in LA. uh, And uh, again, another really big personality. And uh, Larry was just great to be around. And I always said Larry was one of the big reasons, not all the reasons, because Rob Blake was going to be a star anyways, but Larry was so beneficial, uh, so helpful for uh, Rob Blake to sort of understand how to play that really difficult position of defense. And uh, Rob wanted to hit a lot. And Larry kind of taught him that hitting's great, even in that time, uh, that era, Reed, but you have to time it better. So there's no reason to always run into the corner and lay a big hit in our own zone. The guy's going to come to you eventually. And so he taught him a lot about positioning. It was really cool to watch that. Uh, And then lastly uh and i wasn't there but luke robitaille came back to la we traded him i want to say to pittsburgh or new york i can't remember and uh then he ended up going to detroit winning a stanley cup and then he came back to to uh, los angeles where i think we all felt he should have always been and uh, he would have had that same impact in the dressing room another big personality and uh, just puts the work boots on every day and uh, so yeah when you, met, when you sent me that text about Sam, that's kind of what I thought. A guy that's really respected uh, maybe towards the end of his career, like uh, the four guys I was talking about. Uh, and and it's always nice. you know. Sam had so much success early on in his career in Edmonton that it's nice that the fan, fans get to see him uh, winding down a little bit.
1: Uh, Kelly, that's an incredible answer. Reed Larson did have five consecutive 20-goal seasons with Detroit yeah. in the 80s. I just double-checked. Wow. If, if you yeah. if you showed somebody his stats, they would yeah. probably assume he was a forward and not that's a defenseman. Right. So I like how you put that. And, um, and yeah. you talk about this, you know, the mentor role. And, and, and the reason I thought of this is because we talked to James Hamblin today, who's playing on a yeah. line with – Derek Ryan and Sam Gagne and just said, what an opportunity just to learn from these guys.
0: And listen, when you're on the bench, when you've just gotten back from a shift, you're exhausted, but they're the two of them are talking about what just happened on the shift and uh, what they should have done differently, maybe, or uh, what worked. And you don't even ask the question. You can just sit there and listen, right? Uh, those are some of the greatest memories I have when, you know, I was uh, backing up that night and I'd hear all the conversations on the bench, guys talking about what just happened and, and uh, you know, different situations. And, you know, you, your job when you're a young player is basically just to be a sponge and listen.
1: Yeah, well, and Hamlin's doing that for sure. You can tell he's yeah. uh, he's enjoying every minute of it. Kelly, Rudy joining us at Inside Sports, I wanted to ask you about – Brady Kachuk and Pyotr Kochetkov. And by the way, I didn't realize Kochetkov had been involved in so many sort of flamboyant moments, so to speak. I was watching a video today. I was like, oh, yeah, he kind of has uh, made a show of himself a few times. Um, You know, that poke check on the penalty shot uh, that maybe looked like more of just a trip. I don't know how close he was to poking the puck, and then that sets off you know, a bit of a kerfuffle and misconducts and all that kind of stuff. What what do you think of his sort of uh, his nature and and that move specifically on the penalty shot?
0: Well, first of all, I have to preface uh, preface this conversation by saying I'm a big fan of the uh, Kachuk family. And so when uh, Matthew was here, I got to know him, got to know his dad and mom a little bit. Uh, Brady, I don't know if I've ever really had a chance to chat with sim- simply because of the pandemic and not traveling and so much or so on. But uh, I love the way he plays, but clearly he was wrong last night. In fact, my wife and I were out for dinner last night and uh, we're watching some hockey and we watched the Kachuk and the Kochekov play. And my wife, even before I can say anything, she goes, what's wrong with Brady Kachuk? Why is he mad? Like, the goalie did nothing wrong and he didn't. I mean, you are allowed to poke check and if uh, Kachuk has a problem with it, keep your head up. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with it and you know, goaltenders have been doing this for a million years, Reed, and and you you nailed it. Sometimes in the what sequence or events might look like you're making a poke check what you're really trying to do is get your stick in the guy's feet but it looks like a poke check and you're you know we've been doing that for a million years goaltenders and so uh there's nothing wrong with it there's no penalty to me in that and i love the way in which he stood up for himself when kachuk came uh when kachuk got up and came after him Kochetkov was ready for it and uh, wasn't buying it i mean kachuk is a tough player he's a he's a gamer and so uh when somebody turns the tables on you you've got to accept it and move on and uh i, I didn't think that uh, he handled it right last night
1: yeah a bit of a bit of an unexpected uh scene sure. uh, i mean because you know a penalty shot's usually well the guy the shooter skates to the bench score or not right where the goalie don't wind up going after each other exactly but, but uh yeah well it's kind of a interesting moment nonetheless okay kelly great perspective i, I love hearing that uh the, your answer to the question about the older statesman and uh i know you have a lot of respect too for what sam's bringing to the oilers this yep, season for sure what's up 100%. Uh, for you, what's up for you this weekend
0: Uh, I am uh, I'm not traveling this week with the Flames Uh, they started in uh, Denver then they played last night Vegas and tomorrow they're finishing off their road trip in Minnesota Uh, I just wanted to be a little bit safer and stay close to home after my procedure a couple weeks ago but now this weekend I'm traveling back to Toronto and uh, and I'm starting the whole uh, thing again where I'm uh, going full speed ahead starting Friday and uh, through the holidays and uh, everything, so it'll be good to get back uh, on the road and be with everybody again.
1: That is awesome, Kelly. Uh, really appreciate it, man. We'll do this again next week. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, my pleasure, Reed. I'll talk to you next week. All right, on Kelly, another fun chat with Kelly Rudy, presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage dot. C.A. Yeah, so uh, Kelly enjoys what Gagne is doing. Interesting to hear him talk about some of the mentors and older players that he enjoyed playing with in his career, including the uh, legend, the Hall of Famer, Larry Robinson. It is 7.22. We'll keep you updated on the NHL games uh, tonight. We'll have uh, a chance to get some of your feedback as well. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Inside Sports with
0: Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's
1: precedent-setting injury lawyers. And quiet the Penguins sea sea and Canadians still tied at three. Eight minutes left in the third period. You can get in touch on the hotline powered by CertainTeed. The pros' choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed. Pearl all the way. 780-496-0063. You can email the show, inside sports at 630Ched.com. Kellen, uh, let's get something in here before we do the news. Yeah, we
0: got a uh, lengthy one from Furballs out in Vermilion. There so well, okay. we go. Uh, and uh, Furball says, hey Reed, now that this team has righted the ship and has played much better defensively, I can't help but wonder why Jay Woodcroft tried to bring in a completely new system to start the year. The Oilers were 18-1-2 to finish last year's regular season and they clearly still have the ability to play solid team defense. When he got fired, I thought Woodcroft was a scapegoat. Now, when I watched this team, it's obvious the prior coach was more
1: responsible for their terrible start than I realized your thoughts? Uh, Well, I think that's a fair comment. I I think this is going to be one of the ongoing debates in oil country, something that's going to stick with fans for a long time. Did Woodcroft deserve to get fired? What if the Oilers turned it around with him as the coach? Why did they fire a coach who had a 643 or whatever it was, points percentage? Uh, And I think a question that is fair to ask is, did Woodcroft and his staff, I suppose, or maybe even the organization, overreact to the loss to Vegas? You know there were reasons they got they lost to Vegas. It was a close series, but there there were reasons they lost. Did they need an overhaul? Did they need some tweaks? Did did, did Woodcroft try to take the changes too far? Uh, and was he properly instructing the team on the changes that need to be needed to be made? Was that ultimately his downfall? I think that's a fair discussion to have for sure. We'll get to more at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's Inside Sports on Chet.